0: Okay. you brother <laughs> i guess it is i just realized this is star trek hey everybody this is colin this is my best friend in the whole wide world joshua michael in colorado what's up dude
1: i'm having a colorado day and i have a really good colorado day tomorrow
0: <laughs> yeah yeah um every time i talk to uh one of my good lady friends up there she's like you should come up and go skiing and you're gonna go hiking tomorrow aren't you i am getting
1: up at the ass crack of uh uh, daylight Savings Day time and make some burritos and hook up with my uh, good friend Melissa. Yeah. Uh, she she pro- she picked one a trail that was like a haunted and B has a waterfall and then I gotta make sure to be back in the springs on time by twelve to haul us to Denver, uh, to make it to a place by two to do a phenomenal interview.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm very excited to see that content or to hear that content, and I was looking at. Um who you're talking about online earlier we started talking about it and uh yeah what I, what i just I, i'm gonna i'm gonna let that particular podcast speak for itself I, that's a very exciting and very exciting uh it's not a collar what do you call that when you land a, land a good interview uh, i get what you're saying i don't like, think there's uh, a term see- for that but yeah we'll see it's going to be rad it's a scoop It's a scoop yeah it could be a scoop tomorrow's a scoop because i'm the first and it's gonna be great yeah man yeah it's uh, <coughs> legitimate journalism um what do we got here we've got uh episode six of picard tonight and this is the impossible box this episode is the impossible box um There's a lot about this episode that would qualify under that term I think. I mean, you've already got the um sorry for the terrible segue everybody, but the uh the uh, you know, you've got these these synth synthet, synthetic synthoids synthoids, synthesoids Simaculums. I don't remember what they are. Uh you, I mean, what I'm saying is that you've already got a data quantifi- a quantifiably data positronic brain walking around. You've got what happens in the Queen's Chamber, or I'm not entirely sure. I don't remember what Hugh calls it. The cube itself is rather impossible and somehow makes sense at the same time, let alone this weird business of what goes on with Narek and Soji uh, in that room. And um, it's, it, it, it's, it has begged my conscience to ask the question, why does this Borg cube not look, by way of production design, like any other cube we've ever looked, looked at? And I'm not saying that it's broken and it's shattered and it probably cost the Romulans 47 starships to uh, slow it down or stop it. But I'm thinking about the production design on the interior, and nothing about it looks like a Borg cube uh, to me. And from
1: right? from from what I remember of Borg cubes, especially from the very beginning, uh, when we first encountered the Borg, uh, when you know Q sent us that far mm-hmm. out, it, it seemed like a bunch of just like cells, uh, or yeah. but not really a cell, but like. It, it like the the way you think of like the Shawshank Redemption. Like there's that ra- the railway, where you're walking, and then there's a place to plug in, place to plug in, place to plug in, mm-hmm. slash cell, slash cell, slash sell. But this one has, uh, it's it's a maze. It, it feels like the the one thing it reminded me of, and it what actually scared me was it reminded me of the uh, Leviathan uh, configuration from Hellraiser. Uh, when they actually go into the, the the puzzle box, okay, and it and it's a giant labyrinth, and that that's the feeling I'm getting from this board cube is that it's a labyrinth, and the the very word labyrinth is is spookified. It it's haunted. It it has so many more connotations. It's not just a maze, but uh, I mean, th- think about like when uh, at the uh, the Goblet of Fire when they're about to go into the labyrinth, and and. Uh-huh. Mad Eye's like, listen, this is not, this is not just a maze. Things change in there, and yep. I feel like that—that's what's happening in this, in this mysterious Borg labyrinth. Because th- there's places even the other Romulans don't know, or, or the other Borg don't know
0: that are there. Hugh shows it
1: off later on, but I mean, obviously, we're getting ahead of ourselves.
0: Yeah, I, to me, it seems like it would really ma- it, it. it the board Cube, any board Cube, anything that big, no matter how many years you've got it, should come off like, um, I don't know, it should be a haunted house like the Nostromo in Alien. Or it should be... Event Horizon. Event Horizon, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Good call on being on cue on that, dude. I've uh, mine. Like Hell yeah. It. Um, yeah. And, it should uh, be a haunted house. I mean, it's it's a terrifying place... They're coming to get you, or you have to go to them. But they're the zombies that are going to get you, and uh, it's a monster. You know, it's the monster in the house concept. But can you
1: hmm? can you give us an idea of the perspective of
0: the size
1: of this board cube or any board cube in relation to, say, planet Earth?
0: well okay let's let's think about that when when we see the first board cube we ever see, we see it as being quantifiably many times larger and maybe not as dense as the enterprise d uh and that's a galaxy class ship, and it's freaking huge, you know I mean it's got a crew of eleven hundred or thereabouts, and uh that even gets weirder because. Uh, tangentially, when you start thinking about uh, the 2009 Enterprise from the J.J. Abrams, though, that, that Enterprise is bigger than the Enterprise-D. Therein lies strange, strange things. Because it's like, what do you really need to crew a ship? And these board Cubes are supposed to have thirty, forty thousand 40,000 drones on board. And uh, they're not all working at the same time because they just don't have to. But you—that's what data says—is you know it can lose seventy percent of its um, hull containment, I guess, before it would be rendered maybe immobile. And uh, so then you see it in comparison. The Enterprise is obviously an an herculean task to develop for humanity, let alone the Federation. In you know the twenty three fifties through twenty three sixty three when it is launched, and so encountering a board cube, it's like geez, this is just gigantic. So then when you see the one that Locutus is on in uh, Best of Both Worlds parts one and two, um, I'm gonna say that's the same size, which isn't to say that they don't have like cube shaped scout vessels. What always bothered me is that in the episode I Borg, when they encounter Hugh for the first time, they encounter a crashed Borg scout vessel. Well, okay, so let's go through the size by size. You have a Borg probe, which is a small, not really a shuttlecraft. It's a little bit, a little
1: bit, a little bit bigger than the the Enterprise shuttlecraft. If I remember correctly. Yeah,
0: but like when you you'd really only see them on um, uh, in Voyager. And there's something that Voyager can tackle. You know, Voyager is an Intrepid-class ship. It's much smaller than a Galaxy-class ship. It's much smaller than a Nebula-class ship. And those are things that I think that if you've watched Next Generation, you can wrap your head around those sizes. Voyager is probably barely as big as an Excelsior-class ship with a smaller crew. And... Um, You see Excelsiors all the time. The thing being, like, a Borg probe is kind of like a wafer or a hyphen. And then you get the next one like a scout vessel, which is kind of an odd pentagonal shape, perhaps. But it doesn't fit as a shape. It's just a strange... It's just a strange shape in space. But uh, I figure that's what uh, Hugh crashed in on the world where they picked him up. So, you know, not so big. And then you've got Borg spheres, which seem to have varying sizes depending on what they have to do. You've of course much, much later got a Borg Diamond, and uh you don't even know what its capabilities are. Um And then of course you've got cubes, and later you come to find out in Voyager that there's a tactical cube for I guess when the you know, it's like the Borg are the Borg have ships like the Federation has ships. You have the right tool for the right job. And so I think Locutus board cube, any board cube, is generally an assimilator. It's going to show up and assimilate a planet. You got a tactical cube to go out and eliminate resistance.
1: All right, so you're talking about different sizes for different matters.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you know, you've got. I mean, I was listening to a YouTube video today about the Enterprise and wonder, and they were talking about the concept that there's probably unused space, gigantic chambers of unused space within the Enterprise D, because every Galaxy class ship was capable of having modules installed for whatever its mission parameters. So, like, it's like that's the Federation's mo, or at least Starfleet's like a- mo. You use the right ship for the right job. You've got a colony that needs transportation, you're going to use a galaxy class ship or maybe a nebula class ship. Get them out there, drop them off, dump the gear and get on with your next mission. They're explorer class vessels. But a Borg cube is just gigantic in 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 comparison to Earth. The only time we ever really get a good perspective on that is in the closing shots of Best of Both Worlds Part 2 when the Borg so cube small. is deactivated. It's still small, but when you think about Think about coronavirus. We're talking about the possibility that there may be... I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have an actual figure, but it sounded like some idiotic number like 30,000 people are infected in China. And who's going right. to actually get sick enough to become deceased? But Patient think about hero. that. If you show up with the board cube that is much smaller than our moon... And you've got 30 to 40,000 drones on there. Well, some of them are for the same tools for the job, right? Some of them work the ship, some of them do multitask things, but you've got a bunch of assimilators and you beam them down on Earth. They're talking about, you know, if we've got 30 to 40,000 people in China who are infected with the coronavirus and it is slowly spreading around the world. They're talking about the possibility that 40 to 70% of adults on this planet right now could end up being infected with coronavirus whether or not they become deceased because Are you of so are you talking about are you, are you talking about speed of assimilation or infection? I'm talking about infection. Yeah, because coronavirus isn't an intelligent design concept. But imagine a board cube with just Let's say that 20,000 Borg drones beam down in succession in varying places around a globe and just start injecting nanoprobes into whatever species it happens to be assimilating, assimilating. And it doesn't take more than... It's like the rage virus. Give it 30, 40 seconds before they start hearing the collective. So how big does a Borg cube need to be to assimilate a planet of seven to, 8 to nine billion that's wow. just that's the real question because imagine if a coronavirus was coming yeah but from, viruses that's but it's viruses different
1: replicate and replicate and replicate them it's like
0: but so do the nanoprobes within the borg the borg what? replicate the 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 nanoprobes start assimilating an individual making them part of the collective and then they start generating more nanoprobes because the nano the nanites or the nanoprobes within them start generating more of themselves to make them a further carrier okay and and the
1: nanoprobe uh to put in perspective from what i've seen one individual one is uh, we're talking about descent and what data was putting in the jordy's like in between his uh, in between his eyes that was a nanoprobe wasn't it
0: um I'm trying to I'm trying to think of that scene. <clears> they
1: <throat> they they they're in the uh that was the one thing I forgot to tell you. Uh where I had a, a bit of trivia I don't think you under, uh, you would have caught. Okay. What is that during descent 1 and mm-hmm. descent 2 the outside of the temple that they Oh right. Just just walk into and like maybe we should get the hell out of here and all of a sudden board come out and lower and data come out and they uh, data takes uh, Jordy and takes his uh, visor because Lore knew that if he had the visor, he'd be able to see how he was controlling Data. And Data puts that, that nanoprobe in between Jordy's
0: eyes and, you know, deactivates oh, his feed no. sensors. He was, he was attaching f- – no, he. I don't think that that was necessarily Borg technology. Uh, Lore is not Borg. Like – they, that's oh, oh, just oh, crazy i, I thing. get that like,
1: but they're still using the like i would assume that was some sort of Borg technology
0: it would have to have been is that's the only thing that would make sense especially since they used the transwarp network gateway to get to the delta quadrant they were in the delta quadrant wherever that that uh structure was on that planet and um i i i guess it would have to be but the thing is we have never again seen that rogue Borg starship. And the supposition is that it is something that was captured from some other alien race. Or it is a, a different ship that was augmented into that odd shape. Yeah that so, ship
1: but but the ship was huge. Remember seeing it, was it at the end gigantic.
0: Yeah it, it was gigantic.
1: Uh the one thing of trivia I wanted to bring up was uh the outside little temple that they were at was actually reused footage from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers.
0: Actually, okay, let me go one step further. uh, (laughs) They made it it taller. They stretched it out. What year did Mighty Morphin Power Rangers start in the U.S.? uh, I want to say that was maybe 92. 92, okay, that makes sense. So 1990, 91, that's when Star Trek VI comes out. That is the location of Camp Kittimer, where the uh, Federation and the Klingons signed the Kittimer Accords. So you see that structure in Star Trek VI. And then 93. And you see it definitely in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And then you definitely see it in Descent in 1993, 94. Because the show went off yep, the air it was, in 94. It was,
1: it was 93. I just looked it up. Mighty was Morphin it like Power December Rangers 93.
0: Okay. So, Yeah. I think, and, and, and that's actually, that building is actually a church in uh, Northern California somewhere. Or maybe Mid-Cal, I'm not entirely sure. But um, I don't think anybody says Mid-Cal. It's probably north of the Grapevine, out past uh, Santa Clarita, <clears throat> anyway. Santa Clarita? But, Santa Clarita. Anyway, yeah, I mean, so I guess in reference to your question, a board cube is definitely giant. But most of it is empty space. And uh, we talked about that the other day with, like, the Death Star. How much is that empty space? Turns out the Enterprise is a lot of empty space. Something my dad always wondered, looking at all of these crazy starships, look at how much empty space there is. And it doesn't make any sense. So, like, when you look at original series Star Trek and you're looking at that Enterprise a lot of it is not empty space. Sure, there's cargo holds. Sure, there's crew quarters. Sure, there's giant shuttle bays and stuff like that. But it's not a giant empty space. It just seems ridiculous to have that much empty space when you would have to fill it with atmosphere. But even then, like the Borg are capable of, capable of maintaining whatever atmosphere they need to have. Uh, it's all force fields. But, now, uh,
1: now yeah. before we get fully into the... Uh into the episode, how did you feel when you heard Seven and Nine was coming back? Being a huge Voyager fan, and me not ever seeing it ever, but knowing how no, much man, people no. are pissed off about the fact that Seven and Nine took, and took over the show. I
0: am a I lukewarm you- Voyager fan at best, mainly because of the show's inconsistencies and uh, mainly the writing inconsistencies. It really Was, was, was it timeline inconsistencies, or was no, it just
1: like, no. terrible writing?
0: It's not terrible writing. It's just, okay, you got Rick Berman and Brandon Brangett, and they, they had been running the show through, D, through TNG preceding Roddenberry's demise. And then they took over. And so you've got a bunch of interesting plots. And then Deep Space Nine is doing its thing. And they've got their own interesting plots. Well then, Voyager comes in, and that's Brandon and Br- that's that's Berman and Branga, and they're reusing plots, and it's like, dude, we only saw this plot like three, four years ago at most on another Star Trek franchise series, and then it gets worse because they virtually reused. I'm gonna say like eighty percent of plots on Enterprise were rehashes from TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager. Okay. So that stuff always pissed me off, but what really bothers me is the, con- the series concept has never paid appropriate attention. You're cruising through the Delta Quadrant and you're Captain Janeway. We're going to do anything we can do to get home. We're going to find wormholes. We're going to use alien technology. We're going to just warp. We're going to do everything we can. I promise to get you home. Next okay. episode, hey, we found some kick-ass technology. Oh, no, we can't use that. That would violate the Prime Directive. What? Okay, <laughs> well, next episode. Hey, these aliens have a wormhole. Yeah, we should use that wormhole. Wait a minute, doesn't that violate the Prime Directive? Yeah, forget it.
1: <laughs> hey. As opposed to Picard <laughs> being like... Uh,
0: That's my main My probably violate the chief Prime complaint director. is the inconsistency <laughs> on the show. Um, they eventually... Like, that show... We talked about that. uh, I talked about that with a friend of mine today. Um, The idea that Picard as a series is at least willing to say massive things have happened that you're going to have to pay attention to for all following Star Trek series. And that's gutsy because that's not what TNG did. You know, that's not what uh, I mean. Deep Space Nine changed things. Hey, Voyager, I know you're out in the Delta Quadrant, blah, 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 blah. You never heard of the Dominion. So what does that matter on that show? You know, but if for whatever reason on Deep Space Nine, they'd ever been like, hey, let's do an episode where the Enterprise crew shows up and whatever. Well, then those characters would have to pay attention to what's going on. And even so, Deep Space Nine had to pay attention to things that happened in the feature films. So generations happened. That's why Worf eventually shows up on Deep Space Nine. First contact happens. That's why the uniforms change. In fact, they change about five or six episodes before first contact was released. So when you look at the chronology by way of star dates and other stuff, it really you're like, okay, that's that's a way to way to phase that in. Um, but what my complaint about voyager mainly has to do with is that inconsistency uh i don't blame them for introducing seven of nine the show needed something i think it was a bad scene the way they wrote Kess out but Kess was only ever supposed to live so long right. and unfortunately the uh, a lot of jennifer lean the actress performing as Kess, had some major difficulties um but i think what they really wanted to do was hot up the show and in so doing bringing in seven of nine suddenly most of the plot centered around seven of nine and the doctor and they just blew off a lot of interesting stuff they could have done with the maquis they blew off a lot of interesting stuff that they could have done with chakotay chakotay should have been jammed into that show way more they really like emasculated tom paris by getting him married to balana um I don't know. I mean, it's one thing if you're going to if you're going to become a family man. I mean, it's fine. I mean, we O'Brien worked perfectly as a family man on Deep Space 9. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I loved how he walked that. I loved how we walked that line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, O'Brien's a tough guy who constantly has to suffer, apparently. Uh for us to I don't know. I don't. I don't know why they took that direction. It just seemed like that turned into a trend. The O'Brien must suffer episode of this season, you know. But uh, let's do it. Yeah, let's get into it. This is the Impossible Box. We're watching it on CBS All Access. It's the only access you've got to watching Picard. Uh, we're going to do a, a um, three, two, one, and we'll start on engage. Right, and, but I, uh, we're. My, uh, my window
1: froze i gotta pull it back up keep talking
0: yeah so what you know you guys it's the same thing we say every time you don't want to watch this with us if you haven't already watched the episode because we're not going to broadcast any of the sound um but yeah we're uh let me know when you're ready buddy i'm ready man tell me when to engage all right ready to go in three two one engage previously. I gotta say, I really Why do, do you like this me? actor performing as Elcor. I like him. His, his vaguely Asian-ness. And then we've got <laughs> Rafi. I Asian at all.
1: <laughs> and his... Her, her son looks just like Bubba Wallace from NASCAR. And his gorgeous Vulcan wife. Look at her. She's gorgeous.
0: She really is. This, it's which, astonishing to me that we can get... We can do these things, do these, like, major makeup jobs with these characters and just be like, damn, that's lush. See, my beef with Narek is that, to me, he doesn't look very Romulan at all. No, he looks like some
1: asshole fucking millennial that, like, uh, did some sort of body modification to his ears. That's what he looks like to me.
0: No Romulan. <clears throat> but you can tell that he's got the eye, or the, not the eye makeup, but the... Uh, The special effects makeup over his eyes and stuff like that. Agreed. Agreed. I don't remember ever seeing any Romulan men in The Next Generation or Deep Space Nine or anything that I looked at and I was like, oh, that guy looks good, you know? They look quantifiably alien, but somehow or another you can get a Klingon that looks kind of like, well, that's that's pretty attractive right there. <clears throat> good looking Klingon oh K it's funny totally klar it's Susan funny Blackson's how uh gorgeous yeah I agree
1: but like I like I like how well they cast the little girl to play uh I, yeah I was just gonna soji's so, younger version now we've got some cherry blossoms there
0: or are they tulips I don't know I want to know what it is. I mean, that's not Bruce About- Maddox, right? I want to know who she thinks her father was. It can't be Maddox. Uh, it, we, we've we've lost the data connection so
1: far. They haven't brought him up for a bit. Like, is is it a reincarnation of his thoughts, ideas, uh, as two sisters?
0: No, it's the way the would- brain. I'm I'm really sure that's got to be what it is. The uh, Data had a positronic mind and um but but this so one's
1: only but this one's only 3 years old and is already dreaming cuz remember when Data first started having dreams?
0: Yeah, I know. It was, you know, he'd been activated for 30 plus years.
1: I really just hate this guy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm not fond of either of these Romulans running around.
1: <clears throat> or his uh, CIA earpiece that she just just ignores. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't fall asleep in your makeup or your contacts. <laughs> now, I love this part. Uh, even though I hate Romulans, but I love the fact that they bring in extra lore to them. That only only the right people know your true name. That that's
0: that's so impactful to me. I don't. Yeah, I've, you know, I, I, at this point in the franchise, I have no reason to have a problem with that. I think that's pretty cool. Like, there's no reason not to do that. I'm trying there's to think of, of any place about where this I can remember hearing that in in another narrative, but.
1: That would surely have been like a, a, a power play card in, in the uh, Star Trek game, game deck. Because names are a big deal, like how you and I always slave over Cypher from the mutants and people that can understand language and rituals in D&D. Mm-hmm.
0: Anthropologists. See, that's what... That's, agreed. That's one of the things I dig about her. She's not some super genius engineer or something like that. She's an anthropologist. Oh, get the uh, get the perform get get just give her the give her the Golden Globe already. She's phenomenal.
1: She's gonna be in a new show that just came out. Uh, I'm sorry, that's already coming out on FX. That is made by the guys that made Ex Machina, uh, the TV show and the comic. Mm-hmm. God, that hurt watching that.
0: It really did. It's oh, man, what it's the show really came alive in that moment um, I mean cool stuff has been happening that was that was an epi- I think that was the episode that made the made this show grow up
1: it's like we were all pissed off about that they didn't wrap things up in a one hour or two hour special but the first Three episodes to get us yeah. to set the scene, but it took six, seven episodes to set the scene and for things to really get a good cohesion, really get going. <clears throat> and we're one episode away from it right now. No, absolutely, yeah. goddamn no.
0: That's the thing that makes me nervous is that there's so much like concept building beyond any actual story building that I don't know what they're going to wrap up by the end of this season
1: well she's certainly coming off really sterile I I like how the two males are bonded in this while she extrapolates shit she
0: needs to shut the fuck up about right now (laughs) <laughs> no, he's uh he's he is not
1: Hey guys, we had a little bit of technical issue, but we're gonna let you know when do you get to where you're supposed to be.
0: Alright, so we are
1: about to go to 332. Uh six, give me
0: six minutes thirty two.
1: Six thirty two. Six thirty two. Tell me when to engage.
0: All right, here we go in three, two, one, engage. Change the Borg. Yeah, it's they kind of rough seeing them. him be this edgy when he's been so collected, but I guess when you have that moment where he kind of flipped out back in France and when you've got a a guy who's 20 years older than the last time we saw him or what thereabouts, there's no reason why he wouldn't be this edgy about the Borg. Agreed. I don't think he expected the Borg in this at all. <laughs> But at the same time, though, it's something
1: that a good Star Trek writer would factor into things, is that you're going to experience the thing that you fear the most, and it's time to really hit it head on.
0: (laughs) Yeah, get out of my head, asshole. (laughs) The Way of Absolute Candor. Sounds fascinating. I I think it's really good when you're living with everybody that wants to do it that way, but when you're realizing that you're hurting everybody's feelings... Or they might not like it. It's just going to get at you. <clears throat> yep. Okay, so earlier today... Oh, let's chill on this because this was good stuff. Yeah. There, There's a scene
1: here that hinted how this was going to really affect me. When he starts going through the photos and mm-hmm. we get to see the back-and-forth mirror image. So they do something that's never been done. When you, you're Nick Cage in 8 millimeter, staring at the, the the, mirror, washing your hands, washing your face, I'm, I'm going to be okay, I'm going to be okay. But then you see it through the mirror that he's looking at, but you're seeing it through a third mirror that we're looking at through straight on. And yeah. we got some old classic hue there. And then we're about to see the... The matchup, the matchup between the face of now John Luke or JL, which I think oh, is so please. stupid from Raffy. Here we go, right here, right there, right oh there. Oh my god, that's it yeah, lines up. That's awesome. When it lines up just right, he looks older than me as Locutus, uh back in the <laughs> late in the '80s than he does now.
0: He looks older than than what? Than he does now. Well, you know, they whitened his face up. They uh, made him look drained.
1: I still feel that there's something we're missing on these intro credits because, you know, you, you see Saturn, you see Uranus, you see Jupiter, and we're not really following anything exactly, but we're following one, like, Forrest Gump feather or some bullshit like that.
0: But that's what we're following here maybe it's got something to do with this medical condition that might be a a neurosis. They just
1: haven't said it yet. Yeah. Because he's got a he's got a condition they haven't really flat out said, right?
0: They didn't say what it was. The the but but something's there. Well, this is about the time I I mean, I don't want to spoil some stuff that I know for you, but this is about the time where, uh, in, an, in an alternate future, he would have been diagnosed with Aromotic Syndrome. If it even was an alternate future. See who directed this one? Uh, Nick Zayas
1: Written Master by Directed by Ma- yeah. Maja Rajo
0: Beta Quadrant Former Neutral Zone Baby <clears throat> This guy is amazing Just an amazing well, I mean, character he, he plays soccer He's not one of those hippie
1: fags That are playing fucking Hacky sack back in the uh, Early 2000s Wow That's some good ball handling, man. That's just that's just how it goes. Like I feel like he's constantly battling some sort of demon that we have no idea what's going on because he has to keep himself completely entertained or his mind completely distracted on something other than what's happening in his head, which makes me very happy because that's exactly who I, who I am. And yeah, you don't just finish a, a hardcore soccer workout and take a shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah.
1: His tattoo has to mean something. Every little thing here means something.
0: Well, I don't think they even know yet. They just kind of probably developed an idea, and maybe we don't get his backstory this season, you know? I don't. agree agree with that. I mean, I don't think every little thing needs to be explained. I I agree. And that's that's why a lot of the good parts in Next
1: Gen were so good, because we just had to wait for it.
0: Yeah. You knew it was probably going to go for seasons and seasons, and... Then it stopped uh, at seven, and everyone was like, "Man, that show could have gone on at least three more years." But you know, you quit while you're ahead and start start another franchise, another Star Trek franchise. And then at seven was the magic number.
1: <clears throat> the The thing about this scene that grips me is, I know a lot of people, guys and g- gals, that when they experience something traumatic, they uh, they go after the first thing they can. And that's what's happening here. It's a, to, to the, the old Peaches song, uh, Teaches the Peaches, F the pain away. And that's what right he, she out flat there, out. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's about to F the pain away. And, uh, she even flat out said, I've never slept with someone like
0: that. And I, I appreciate that. He, <clears throat> he gives a rip. Like he's not, he cares. He, he, is he not cares. Somebody who doesn't care. God, I can't get over how awesome she is. Like, seriously, Allison Pill... I'm so impressed with her, I I think Uh, she specifically decides, like, no, let's do less makeup because when I'm doing... Or, you know, is she going in and saying, yeah, put a little red on my nose to make me look stuffy or drippy or falling apart or whatever, you know? It's amazing because, yeah, she was a little bit baby fat cute in uh Scott Pilgrim versus the world but uh she looks cute but simultaneously she looks totally grown up in this i i think what we're both thinking is that
1: we we don't have to worry about something being overly sexualized uh for some for the the dumbass fa- uh, fodder masses that want some some doing it or whatever you want to yeah. say
0: well, there's, but, 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 of, but, there's it, more sex in this... <laughs> there's been more sex in Picard than there was in all of TNG in less than yeah, six episodes. But
1: even then, it, it's not it's not overly sexualized. where it's supposed to be like watching Game of Thrones when you're like, oh, oh so yeah. she's sleeping with her brother and there's dragons. I'm like, dude, if you want that, just pull up some incest porn and fucking you porn and play Magic the Gathering or Dungeons and Dragons because you're just not putting your mind... To the right purposes, and I, I hate that sort of thing about society right now. And, okay, and let's we've... go
0: in then and look at the nature of this irritating relationship with them. She, it's they're, be they're a... supposed to be brother and sister. I really don't think they are. I think foster, that that's... huh? Foster kids, maybe. I I think that they're probably orphans. I think that they grew up together. I think that this anti AI squad in In Romulan society is uh, something that they're like, oh, yeah, well, eventually you're going to realize that you're being racist. So we need to grain this from the beginning. You know, it's like the anti-AI Sith Order or something. Well, it would make sense uh, like in James Bond
1: form. Uh, imagine the Toshir all orphans, and uh, they all have a weird claim to each other, calling brother or sister, even though they're not actually brother and yeah, sister. Exactly. Maybe, maybe there, maybe there's some weird or like uh, type of uh, societal societal structure and norms that that we just don't get from Toshir. Because if I was f- forming that,
0: am I six orphans? Great, we have no weird ties here. If I were, one of my favorite things, and this is beta canon that I ever read, was some of the follow-up Enterprise novels, and uh, you know whether you guys have seen that or not, um, they decided to write an egregious error by having Trip Tucker not get killed in the last episode and uh, joined Section Thirty-One, wherein he went to. Romulan space to keep eye keep an eye on their warp 7 program and figure out their cloaking devices and all of this and he was fascinated by how on the surface all of the Romulans emotions were even up to their like desires sexually and it it weirded him out a little bit he was like man you know going from Paul, who was considerably reserved um You know, these guys are just like off the cuff, which I I appreciate because when you're talking about the way of absolute candor, that, it it just, I really appreciate that. It makes sense. They're huffy. They're peevish. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah just what the hell are we gonna do god damn it <laughs> yeah i do like i do like doing. his i do like his hesitant express of respect without being like motherfucker where are we going <laughs> like we're in trouble tell us what's going on help me understand
0: <laughs> i don't feel like they're in any trouble right now but it's so weird to think that they're skirting from one awful situation to the next
1: Perfectly open, and that struck her hard, especially from the last conversation. Yeah. He was in one of the best episodes of the uh, Simpsons, the uh, Stonecutter episode. He was a uh, high exalted number one. Oh,
0: really?
1: You were. A part of the Stonecutters. The sacred organization. Now let's all get drunk and play ping pong.
0: <laughs> Was it some kind of a guild or a union or something? <clears throat> yeah, it's great. Oh,
1: I'll make you watch it. Don't worry. Great. Yeah, I got a level out here. I haven't, been, haven't had any coffee. I got my space
0: vape. <laughs> space vape. <laughs> Sitting over there sucking on her douche flute. Okay, so after having watched this, one of the things I remember thinking about this lady that she ca- she calls up, clearly a Starfleet captain. There's a lot of humor here, but ultimately, my beef malice- this is getting down to the point where this this lady is just like, "Don't ever call me again." That's just not yeah, Starfleet. Yeah, that was. No, it's not.
1: It it really is not like I was a little disappointed about how this little tête-à-tête went.
0: I mean, obviously she,
1: Rafi's Roff, put her in the position, but
0: yeah. Furthermore, what? Furthermore, I don't. I, I'm really tired of everyone, like especially Rafi, giving Picard a lot of grief about his ego. We keep hearing people dissing Captain Picard in earshot, and they never would have done that. While he was captain, they never would have done that. <sighs> Even when they disagreed
1: with his orders or his reasoning.
0: No, he was just because it just. I'm, I'm, I'm just. I'm not seeing why this is okay. I don't. I don't see Captain Picard being this egotistical guy that they that people keep making him out to be. And I'm wondering how long it's going to be before he gets pissed and says something about it to somebody. And what's more, I'm wondering if he's not saying something about it because he's too big to be that guy. He's not Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk is an egotist. Captain Kirk is someone who can't hear you over the sound of how awesome he is. Correct. correct. is that awesome and never comes off being that way. He just chill. He's eating. He's eating his
1: appropriate amount of crow, and we're about to find out when he's full.
0: Yeah, at some point There's, I want to see him flip out on everybody and just be like, "Guys."
1: No, uh, he's he's not gonna are flip out. you wrong. He he might have to set someone straight. I mean, even when uh, Riker in the early episodes would say something he disagreed with, he might snap at him, but it always apologized and put it in perspective and this is how, why I'm thinking of it this way. Even though you didn't say explain yourself, this is how I'm thinking and why I'm coming to the conclusion that we're doing it, whether we're violating the prime directive or you just think that you're sending us to our death. And you're right. That never call me again is bullshit. Is the applause yeah. pandering? It's pandering, but she grabs her bottle. Yeah. And space
0: vape. Space vape. So why the Starfleet fanfare right there? You know, it just doesn't feel like that's the moment for that. Because nothing about this feels like Starfleet. Like, at what when are we gonna see them encounter a starship? Like, that's not some non-aligned Alien a hole, you know. Like, when are we? Agreed. Why, out of all of this stuff, hasn't the Starfleet C and C sent a ship to go be like, "Hey, we need to catch up to to Picard and keep an eye on him, or stop him, or something like that." I just feel like there should be a cloaked Defiant class chasing them around, making sure they don't get into too much trouble or create an intergalactic incident like they're just about to. He he's showing his whole cards
1: right now. I'm surprised she's not picking up on it yet. But she's. You, do you do you feel her losing her humanity to go to a full bone uh, like uh, synthoid right. into and and then to lo- regaining her humanity because this is this is a lot. I mean, like most women that they met their first love would never trust someone that that so object. Completely objectively, though. that's just so weird. And and then like my favorite part oh, about this is, Romulan. especially a fucking Romulan. Now I love this part because I've been in this position <clears throat> in both hers and his. Yeah. The the care involved. He's not shaming her.
0: No, that's what I appreciate about him is that. He was a little bit roguish initially, but, like, he – I think he really cares about everybody, you know? Like, to a fault, and that's probably the problem. How many – how big is this ship, though? I I keep wondering about that, and I'm like, everybody's got their own special crew quarters – and he keeps them all decked out in such a fashion, so in case he's got guests, he it's just gotta doesn't be seem like, like that kind of guy to me. It's gotta be like the
1: size of like two houses, because when they like run to Medical Bay, like it, they're barely like twenty, thirty feet away, straight down into Medical Bay, and this has got to be like something he stole and. It is way too small, and it definitely puts me on edge, but the, the ship is scrappy, which makes me happy. Look at him take the bottle, and he's not shugging it. He's just taking our bottle.
0: Yeah, I wonder about the uh, the space, the open concept of that ship, because when we are in the sick bay, we can see right up into the main, I don't know, control deck, and in, then into the cockpit and into the transporter bay. And it's like the only thing that separates anybody from anything else is the door going to their crew quarters so it's just like if one guy runs the ship then why are there that many crew quarters and i don't know i mean it's like you get a hull breach it feels like it's gonna suck everything out except for what's in and whoever happens to be in bed
1: it's definitely
0: scary because it's very small yeah I swear, yeah, this this business too is also a little bit irritating. Like, does this does this AI character like knock her out every night? You'd have to wonder why am I constantly waking up at my desk instead of in bed. I don't know.
1: The pain that's going on here is it really hit me hard. Yeah, he he's terrified.
0: I I'm gonna say that he has at no point been in a Borg cube since he was assimilated.
1: It's like he's going back into a hundred House of Horrors that only he remembers.
0: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that they're utilizing Ilcor properly in this series yet.
1: We don't know. I, I see we have a little bit of faith in uh, <laughs> yeah. our faith
0: is there are a handful
1: our, of episodes our, left. Our faith has definitely paid off, uh, except for like one thing. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> How are they not? Four Romulan ships decloaking right now.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird. I mean, is this a civilian Romulan site? Is it a military site? It's still odd to me that the Romulans would let the Federation be involved at all, and yet they kind of have to because of the treaty obligations they have as, you know, expats or whatever, refugee status. Okay, so this was a now big these deal sort of right scenes. Here. Look at the look at yeah, the cover of these... that box. It's a lo- yeah. <laughs> so that Probably little lunch that box. little box or pencil box. If you watch Voyager, everybody, you will eventually see Scarlett Palmer's character, um, Naomi Wildman, uh, and she has episodes with a character who's like a, a child's character called Flotter so that was like the adventure. That was an Adventures of Flotter lunchbox or pencil box or something like that.
1: Like a cereal. Like it was their their cereal of uh, um, Flash Gordon or Captain America.
0: I was like a Barney type. Does anybody remember Barney? No, no, no. Nobody does. <laughs> my, Teletubbies. My sister does. Yeah, <laughs>
1: my sister. My sister loved Barney. This is a little bit too much. No, I think it's I think it's just terrifying enough. Imagine finding out that like your time frame is wrong. you ever you've ever gotten slept too long and what time is it and you
0: Happens didn't all realize what day me. it was. Yeah, there are definitely days chocolate. where Where what? No, I just wanted to get that last bit of uh, dialogue there. There are definitely days where, lately, especially where you're, I'm like, I'm, I get up early, I'm doing what I'm doing, and then pow, it's suddenly like at one o'clock, and I'm like, where did the morning go, you know?
1: Oh, this is one of my favorite scenes of, of all time. The, this this eclipses some of my favorite scenes of TNG. What's happening right now?
0: Hmm. And you're right. Look at the vacuum forms. I mean, there's just too much going on in here that doesn't mesh with anything we ever saw in TNG or Voyager. Does it bother you? It does bother me, but it also... I'm willing to let it go because I know, hey, you're spending a ton on this other stuff, so maybe you don't want to spend the money on making it look exactly like it looked. For, cont- for contiguous reasons. I mean, just... Yeah, we have a lot of Borg alcoves there, and that's appropriate. I don't know what the searchlights are all about.
1: Find him. I mean... They know a Federation officer is showing up. Good danger music. I think there's like four things in that in that uh, montage that is important that we don't know yet.
0: Oh, those are all sequences from uh, First Contact, and um, yeah, mainly all of them were from First Contact. Now you're really gonna like that movie when you see it.
1: He's beautiful.
0: I'm here to repay the I'm here to repay my debt
1: that you never asked me to repay.
0: What a oh man, what a great moment. What a <laughs> dude,
1: I lost it. I'll take a friendly face. Let's do that. Especially when you uh, think back about that alien race that uh populated the galaxy with anything humanoid looking. We don't know he's actually human.
0: Oh the preservers. Yep. Yeah.
1: Kardashians, Romulans, Vulcans, Klingons, we're all humanoid and you're all from the same seed. No way you choose to live there, because he's there to fix things. Of course he would. He's the perfect candidate for it. Yeah. XBs. XBS. uh, For those not watching with the uh, captions on.
0: (laughs) I don't even have the captions on this time.
1: The walls are intuitive. They recognize him. Do they miss him? Do they know what he was? Was he a...
0: No, they do. I mean, somebody calls out his former Borg name here in a bit, right? So,
1: Yeah. In dissent, when he, he's screaming at that Borg soldier, and he's like, I am Lakutus of the Borg. Nah, nah, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Pull back finger now. Press a little contact. As a uh, listener of our own podcast, when you made the decision to do iBorg, I can't think of anything I'm too overly thankful for from you than your friendship, but you dissecting that episode changed a lot of things. And then now I see Hugh here, and I hope a lot of our listeners had someone that did the same thing for them and are feeling the same thing, too, when they first had a buddy like, You Gotta Meet Hugh.
0: Thank you. Oh, Hugh's a sweetheart. It's just, it's a. It, I I think that the consistency that they created by having that scared boy Borg, in that episode, and then. And then making him a kind of a leader, like a year in, uh, later
1: in Descent, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just this great guy's... to have him in this show.
1: But this guy here is the worst Bond villain ever. Like
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's not even the lackey of the lackey. He's the guy that's bringing the uh, lackey's coffee that uh reports to Dr. No. <laughs> <laughs> Especially how uh, Star Trek is with uh, relationships. He's there to get some space poon. And uh, it's messing up his... uh, It's messing up his... uh, He's there for a mission, but he's busy getting some space poon. That's what it should have said. Got it backwards. Uh
0: Uh-huh. It's a little odd that he would be this intimate with something that he's supposed to hate this much. Absolutely hate
1: He's taken the long way to go where he wants to go just yeah, to show him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just to show him the humanity that. Or the Romulan ality, or whatever you want to call it. And and you're so right. They're the only ones that have ever been. Uh, Romulans that have ever been assimilated by the Borg. And also the fact that there's. You said this uh, uh, last week when we were half habitually talking about this was he he showed him this to show him not to be scared and to be okay with who he is, but also the fact, the reason why the Romulans are so uh, driven to the brink of insanity and no other race is because the Romulans are all about control. Yeah. And that being robbed, robbed from them. Culturally, yeah.
0: Oh, man. That's really touching.
1: Yeah, it really is. To look in the mirror, deformed, but still happy with what you see because you're not a Borg. Man, oh, gosh. It,
0: you, it, was, it was such a... Before the Borg was such a thing that everybody wanted to do something with when they got the opportunity. The, I just remember thinking about the earliest Borg mentions... After Best of Both Worlds came out, there was a, um, there was a book called Vendetta. It was the first, like, double thick-sized Star Trek novel, and, uh, it was a little daffy, but there was a, there was a woman who was, they, they had to find a way to bring her back from having been assimilated, and. I just remember them spending a considerable amount of time on her as a subplot, having her run around the ship with Geordi, but she was totally haunted by the entire experience. And I don't know. I mean, it's just interesting to see it, to think about people's earliest takes on what would happen with the Borg before the show really canonized it. Canon? Does it? I guess. I agree. But it's
1: definitely difficult to digest with the different timelines and where it goes left and right, just like you're saying.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Joe and I. To be so drunk you fall asleep on top of your covers and you get an awkward sheet on you.
0: (laughs) As long as you're not awkwardly in your pajamas (laughs) when you wake up.
1: Why keep her alive?
0: Free cloud. Still a daffy name for a place. Free Cloud, isn't <laughs> it that like where me... uh Sam Rockwell was trying to sell those kids cigarettes and ninja turtles? <laughs> Wasn't that Brothers Island? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Brother Island, yeah. Romulan Rubik's Cube
1: The Romulan Leviathan Configuration from Hell or Hellraiser We're actually not In space, we're just in Hellraiser Part 4
0: (laughs) Bloodline (laughs) Bitch beat it (laughs) Dude, what a great line I know
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's why I was saying Bitch beat it, I was translating for Americans Oh, okay Bitch, I will call Karen on your ass and summon the uh area manager, not just
0: the Oops, Karen. <clears throat> I, I is somehow this? I just don't see I know this is a giant board cube that you could essentially have made into a space station or something. Like that's how big it is. But for the Romulans to come in and be like Oh, hey, let's build the commissary over here, and then we're going to put the uh, put the um, arboretum over there, and then we're going to do a koi pond over here, whatever. It's just, I don't know. This is just so Bajoran, comparatively. It, it reminds me of
1: people reading tarot cards, but she's walking the path, and yeah. he's... Giving her the external, uh, internal audible stimuli to open up the gates. And that's what tarot is. Pictorial, pictorial, pictorial representatives, representations of the human psyche in every little sense, and this is them just making you walk the path. But it's so manipulative.
0: We bring this up because of the uh, kind of triangular romulan tarot cards we saw in two different episodes now
1: yes sir thank you hive mine once again
0: dude i gotta say that the beauty of this show with the romulans we get more romulan stuff out of this show than we got out of every episode of tng there's more like world building going on here like the culturally. names the names of who you are
1: to your lover or to your fellows, uh, troopers.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But this is so manipulative and he, God.
0: Do you, do you find it like pseudo Japanese? Definitely, but I think that the 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 thing that we always thought was the idea that the Russians were the the like the Klingons were much much the Soviet Union and kind of Cossacks more or less, but they have a Japanese honor quotient going on. So more often than not, I look at it and I think about like pre pre white America tribal you know Native Americans. And but then the Romulans definitely have more like a Com, like a communist Chinese thing going on uh i don't I don't ever look at the Russians and think that the Russians think they're better than everybody, but like there is that you know oh running dog, white devil type of thing going on in in a lot of the stuff I've read with the Chinese. Pouring myself some tea. That box
1: is so in tune with her sensations as she's walking this path. It's like you're playing chess against yourself. (laughs) And the back of his head does not look like what I would imagine Bruce Maddox's head to look like, especially after you've seen him die.
0: Yeah, I don't think that her mental representation of her father matches uh what we would think i don't think that uh he's supposed to be bruce maddox at all the the pinocchio reference here they've done that before in next gen haven't they oh of course because they they did stuff with that with data all the time the idea that he wasn't a real boy you know
1: Positron Complex, but that, that, that means they would have had to have uh, found the chip that uh, Data was going to destroy after Descent and uh, it would have been damaged and Geordi was like, no, save it. Oh,
0: the Emotion chip? That, that emotion yeah, the That Emotion comes chip comes in big time
1: later. But even then, it's got to have some sort of repercussions here because it's if she's already complete, as human as uh, any human could be she just doesn't know it and she's 36 months old
0: (laughs) she is definitely more more human than data ever got to be
1: yeah but data had the good sense to question everything that happened to him he he didn't just react the way humans do he would always question things remember being like in descent he was like no i need to be taken off this i gotta figure out why this happened and yeah. And then they put him back on the mission and what he was dreading the most actually happened. We we've we've got a responsibility here. But he immediately figures it out. This Romulan piece of shit
0: what a hater.
1: Dude. I'll be old and grave. Kids are going to be like, Romulans are
0: friends now. No, they're not. That's what I like about that, that line from the next episode that I loved so much. <laughs> you want to be I know up to your I know ass, to Romulans, about. for the rest of your life? Yep. So I, I saw a Facebook post earlier about uh the Star Trek cruise that's going on right now and uh they've got a Star Trek museum set up on the on the cruise ship. Uh there are a lot of props from Discovery, which has some great props and a lot of them, and uh a lot of props from uh this show as well. Which is unnerving to me because to think that they would put anything on a ship that could go down and then have to recreate just troublesome. As a props person that, that bothers me. Like continuity, like
1: like they might mess it up.
0: Yeah, yeah, or... exactly. In my experience, if you're not a you don't have to be total control freak to be a props master, but it helps to control all of your stuff. You can't let people who aren't involved with what you're doing mess with your things because it's your responsibility. However, one of the props that they seem to have on it was one of the paintings of Soji or Daj, And so that just evidences to me that We're probably not going to need that or see that again in Season 2. You know, and I look at this thing right here, and it makes me think of the Romulan Thaleron generator at the beginning of Nemesis. Was it that poisonous? uh, The Thaleron. Radiation was way more poisonous than this. Way more dangerous than this. This is something that's going to attack a synthetic life form. It's not Thaleron radiation.
1: Thirst for survival. This is what I love. I love this. After last week, thirst for survival. I must survive under any circumstance.
0: Now employee
1: badge I mean, fuck it's a you civilian,
0: that means it's a civilian operation right
1: <clears throat> why didn't she get the flash of uh, his face the way that uh, her sister did
0: Oh yeah, good point. Really good point. Huh. I didn't recognize that he I didn't the first time I saw it, I didn't realize he showed the necklace. You know what, you brought that up and I immediately was like, Oh yeah, I don't remember seeing that. I think there was just a lot going on in this scene the first time I watched it. <clears throat> Can't trust anybody, old guy.
1: The fact that the flashlight, he's gotta still have some sort of
0: what, he's like, going into the... some kind he's of red to... vision or something. Yeah. Like
1: that? Yeah, there's there's gotta be some things they couldn't have taken out of him. That's interesting. So they're in the Borg Queen chamber now, right?
0: Well, that's what he's saying. I mean, and it makes some sense because <sighs> Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, but like, there's this idea that the Borg Queen was on Locutus's cube through that entire thing. To me, it makes a whole lot of I've sense read that. that maybe she was, whether she that. needed to be there or not, or could leave at a moment's notice, because what's to say that there aren't multiple Borg Queens? What's to say that the Borg Queen couldn't have used this technology... Another technology, like I was complaining about Captain Janeway's inconsistency, not Kate Mulgrew's fault, but the writer's fault. In the instance when they encountered this technology, she specifically did not want to use it. And it was the first time they found anything that was going to whisk them 40,000 light years away or whatever. So it just didn't make any sense. But... uh, yeah, the board queen could completely have used this technology to get onto another ship or whatever she wanted to do. Wow! Yeah, I gotta say, uh, we've seen swordsman wow. movies forever and they this is some killer stuff and that's not even a pun like they do a really he's, good he's, job with this
1: he's a ronin that's been wanting to have a master forever and he knew who he wanted yeah. as his master and wow <laughs> I decline. Please, friends, choose to live.
0: <laughs> exactly. I I can't believe like El El Elor's thing is just like go in and kill everything every time, and then be like cutesy and fun a minute later. It's just so odd to me that that they they went there. If the situation hadn't to... gone south so quickly, I think they could have found Soji, had a conversation. It would have been more like Dodge in the first episode. And then... But
1: but they're shaking all of his constructions of shame off of his scaffolding of shame. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're like They had to do this for him to get back in the position, like, yeah, risk your life. Wow. Choose to live. God damn. I I really think this is like, like I said earlier, when he takes him on the tour the long way, he knows he wants to find Soji, but you you need to know a couple of things first before we get there, because I I need to return the favor uh, from what you did for me in the enterprise years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, we we still have the mystery about how we even got there after uh, him being left in charge of the uh, uh, that alien planet where he took leadership.
0: And oh yeah, right. Uh huh. The Delta Quadrant we, planet.
1: We've got to think about so many different things, and it's it's mm-hmm. so not black and white. You you can't just treat a symptom, and Picard is not treating a symptom here. He's going after. He's he's looking to cut the head off the uh the the head vampire not just (laughs) yeah uh, that's a terrible analogy but best i could do at the moment but how do you feel after that i mean i mean when he just goes in and starts protecting picard i mean that the 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 sense of honor despite the fact that he was so angry at him last episode um, i don't
0: think he's angry enough for it to matter. Because he's he's just I think he's just happy to be there. He's out in the universe doing something. He doesn't have to be at the convent or whatever you want to call it anymore. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have to be on that dirtball planet. Space and, nuns. And I, I think that he I think that he completely cares about Picard the same way he used to. There's something about him being like in touch with how he felt about him as a child, and he's still not a grown-up. I mean, he can't be more than, like, 26, right? Agreed. So. Agreed. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is a big, cool idea, a cool thing for him. Think of him being Luke Skywalker without the Force and without that great calling, you know? Like, I got off of my dirtball planet and I'm fully trained and I can go out there and I can do amazing stuff now.
1: Um I think he's got enough training. I think that he's just finally getting what he wants. And we're along for the ride. And I just applaud all the writers, prop masters, anyone involved in this. Because they have just knocked it out of the park.
0: They've done a pretty great job. Yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of little issues and things. But Star Trek people are going to have issues with things. You You can't please everybody all the time. I'm no different more often than not. I'm just trying to look at things like the things that I don't like are when things aren't credible, but Hey, you know, you can make up for that by doing kick-ass callbacks to stuff that happened in a random episode of the, of Voyager. You can fix that by having wonderful secondary characters that you, that you're not killing. And, uh, you can do, (laughs) you can do all kinds of great stuff. Uh, like I say, with, just callbacks like flotter adventures of flotter it just oh my goodness thank you so much for that what a cute cute thing um yeah man
1: well we have two more to get cut up on guys this has been great
0: yeah this is it man we'll uh, we'll talk to you all again soon let us know what you think um uh, definitely tell us if you disagree because uh there's always an answer well, for something
1: we want to know just find us uh the the best way to find us is minefieldscomicspodcast.com mm-hmm. you'll find the links to our instagram twitter facebook uh soundcloud everything our email just hit us up we like we'll give you something special if you do
0: right on right on okay cool thanks for uh thanks for checking in with us all we'll we'll uh, hit you with the next one
1: this transmission is over this is dangerous joshua michael and colin
0: out It
1: had been on earth at the time uh would have i think he was with the Shi'ar, uh would have voted yes and then <laughs> there there's a there's a battle like this is stupid and then it it just it, my my gripe with it was it slowly broke down the war bounds pact it 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 made it into i really think it should have been one of those things where they all should have died and the Including the Hulk, and they should have put the Hulk in the shelf for a year, uh, because
0: oh dude, I love that kind of logic, but it 's infuriating because you know they 're never going to do that because yeah. after such sales, people are going to be screaming for more Hulk right, and, and then you're, you're just to ruin can't. a story
1: for money and, and that, that i'm just so confused I think that's why I like indie comics so much is because if I get too big and i 've got my own indie comic, we 've got our own indie comic if we when we decide no. We said no. We told our story. We made the money we want off of this. We're not going to... like The way Bill Watterson uh, never uh, mm-hmm. marketed Calvin and Hobbes, he was like, fuck no, 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 no. I made my story. And, it, okay, granted, it's Marvel. Like I can hear all you all think in your head, like, why wouldn't you want to make money off that? You, you want to make comics? Uh, you know, try to make this better. But... What happens? You got to remember what happens after a big event story is that the next month of Marvel or DC sucks until yeah. they, until they until they build until they build <laughs> something else It's not the next up.
0: Raw after WrestleMania, is it? it?
1: It is. That is the best. Uh, God, uh, the, God, damn it! Was is that perfect? It, that is so perfect, man. yeah. the the Raw after WrestleMania for everyone that doesn't watch wrestling is the best episode of Raw all year. And, uh, and it's the opposite after a big event series in, in Marvel. So, uh, well, they did it with Wolverine for kind of, like, I don't know why. I mean, there was all this other convoluted stuff. They never should have killed them off, Coated in Adamantium. God,
0: Oh, was... come on. Like, Go... they've got to just stop killing their characters off. It means nothing to kill your characters off. If you, especially if you're bringing them back, it meant something when they were like, "Oh, we're not going to get the license for X-Men back from Fox." Yeah. So let's kill, let's eliminate so much X-Men stuff, and let's push Inhumans to the front, which ruined the Inhumans. Put them on and the shelf. They still haven't solved any of this stuff. No. When going it with the Terrigen Mist going around the world and stuff like that. Well,
1: in the comics they did. In the comics they did. Oh, but... what
0: did they end up deciding? Did they oh. just? Uh, well Put a big fan did Tony Stark create a big fan and blow it into space?
1: No, the X-Men destroyed it. Uh, Emma Emma Frost oh, that's gross. Uh, Cyclops they killed Cyclops and Emma Frost disguised it from everybody, including the inhumans that that Scott was dead and had mm-hmm. mental projections of him doing what she would have wanted Scott to do. and eventually uh, during the battle, uh, it was revealed that she lost her, her concentration, or whatever you want to say about it, and everyone realized Scott was dead. Uh, oh, well, yeah. The, it, there was mm-hmm. a few people that did kind of know, and they were pissed about it, and then the Inhumans found out about it, and Emma fucking freaked out because Scott's the love of her life, and then the Tiramis done. and It was one of those things that should have been a worldwide event thing, which was why the whole thing was happening, that we can't destroy these myths because it's sacred to them. But anyway, we're we're, we're getting off topic. Yeah, um, totally digress. We're, 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 I mean, we're, we're, we're getting yeah. off topic. Uh, but I, I see what you're I see what you're saying, and I, and I hope everyone that's listening can understand why we would have gone off on that tangent. Is because those stupid those stupid fixes and or or you, you have a good story. You don't it it would have made sense to kill all the warbound and put the Hulk on the shelf for a year.
0: Develop, but they're never going to do something like that.
1: Develop yeah. someone else. Challenge yourself. You've you, you got Greg, Greg Pack to be a lifetime Hulk fan to make such an epic storyline. Have someone else that's a lifetime Inhumans fan or a lifetime... Uh, well, we've got all these new characters. Uh, Kamala Khan. I love Kamala Khan. Do something with her for, like, eight issues. I mean, like, don't... Don't make the deaths all big now, because remember, like back back since Superman died, it's like, ooh, who's gonna die this year? And I can't wait to read that. And and the, but you're before they're even dead yet, you're still like, man, I can't wait for him to come back alive. I'm like, that's stupid.
0: <laughs> like, I mean, they've killed. Every, I don't want to go. Let's get off of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I we appreciate what they did recently. The yeah. idea that Hawkeye could kill the Hulk. And then they have a big trial, and he's acquitted, and that's sparking off... Uh, what did that spark off? That was a whole thing.
1: Yeah, well, well that was, was that the... Civil War II? That was Civil War II, and then... Awesome. And, yeah. and then what it led up to was that the Hulk was actually dead, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Thanos showed up, and uh, like during that Thanos ship, no, it was a, was it Infinity? God, I'm getting confused. I don't know if it was Civil War Two. Like, there's so many that's going on that like I hate and I love. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, was it? Was <laughs> it? A, was it Original Sin? No. 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 This is Way out. Well, this is well. after that. This is welcomely after that. So uh, there's a big battle that demands that the Hulk die, and uh, Hawkeye puts the the.
0: God, the arrowhead. Adamantium. uh, Yeah, but what it all it
1: did was put the Hulk on the shelf for quite a long time. I want to say at least maybe eight months, maybe less, maybe six, and then that's where we got a mortal Hulk. But um, and that's 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 God like the best one. We're gonna have to do a separate one on that in a couple months when I kind of calm down. Yeah, that'll be a thing. uh, I think. I
0: think you Mm -hmm. know. We, we got to get into the whole idea of like, how are these guys? I feel like the the beauty of, of World War Hulk, you know, you brush Black Bolt out of the way because he's hard to write for. Yeah. Not a bad thing. I get it. And then you get in and he's got to take these guys down one after the other. I don't know why the war bound. It, it, it's like, it would have been interesting to see Well, an accidental death. Of one Warbound character after the other in this fight. But because well, you think about all of the insane crap that they've gone through. You're going to really feel that. We've got the opposite when
1: Korg uh, met, mm. met Rick Jones. Uh-huh. Remember, like, remember Rick is the first one to meet the Hulk and the first befriend the Hulk when he first happened on Earth, Meek was the first one to meet him and and befriend him uh, on Sakaar. And they have that, they have that tête-à-tête during battle and like, okay, I'm not going to kill you. You, you, you did right. And then we see the systematic takedown when, uh, the Baxter building is being destroyed and the Hulk just basically just turns him into Mr. Fantastic into a destroyed rubber band. And, uh, Dr. Strange, uh, what, uh, Help me out with Doctor Strange. I want you to okay. go on this one. I'm letting you loose on this one. Like, an hour. Go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that. Uh, the, the thing with the Doctor Strange bit... Like, for one thing, you're, you're seeing these characters pull out all the best stops they've got. You've got Reed Richards trying to find a way to create a weapon that can uh, sizzle down the Hulk. And this... Goes back to the like the nega gamma gun that was uh, created in the uh, in those in those uh, Bronze Age issues that I was talking about a bit ago. Well, there's that, and then you see them go and try to talk to the Sentry. uh, Oh, that oh that was hard. That's a whole other deal. There's so much betrayal. Everything they do. The opportunity exists that maybe, just maybe, they can appeal to the Hulk's better nature. And, and then a betrayal happens. And it proves the point. The, the hubris of Tony Stark and Reed Richards in particular. And I'm going to cut Doctor Strange out of that. Uh, for where they are, you see these two guys that just fought and consequently won civil war. Right. And additionally, Tony is the uh, director of s- Shield. Shield cap is gone. They, I mean, like, there's no world where where these guys don't feel like their entire egos are on the line. And then you've got the preceding couple of uh, Incredible Hulk issues where Amadeus Cho is more or less um, kicking Reed Richards' ego in the dick.
1: (laughs) Right in the dick.
0: (laughs) So they, they have a lot to own up for. And they, you, you, you've got any moment where Jennifer Walters shows up, and she's like, "Cousin, you're not going to attack me. Come on, we need to, we need to sort this out." And he's like, "I am too angry for that to be the case." It's incredible that he went after her. That's the moment where you realize this is completely serious. And just because he sees somebody who's a friendly face or family, that doesn't mean that he's not going to not give him a good wallop.ing
1: Not in the least bit, because when uh, I mean, Cho like gathered Samson and uh uh was it uh, uh the Hercules champions, basically yeah they were yeah. the champions and uh yeah they they got thoroughly walloped and they they got so far with that story and then like chose flicking like a a, a penny or or a pebble and like that's the weak spot <laughs> that please yeah. Please, please, please. Sorry, I I, I interrupt but you on the, that one.
0: The thing with Doctor Strange, however, is different. I don't feel like he's operating from a point of of hubris. He is operating at this time. You've got to remember, this is post Civil War, and anybody who was not signed up for the Registration Act was um still in hiding, and you still had characters who were anti-registration that were in the city streets trying to help people evacuate. Correct. Well, there was the Avengers, and then there was the Mighty Avengers. And then there was the... Mighty Avengers were in hiding. But there was people that were offered
1: amnesty as long as they reveal who they are after, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, kind of. I mean, at this point, we still have this crazy-ass thing where Peter Parker's identity is public knowledge, and then you've got... As if anybody's going to care in this moment. But what uh, what you get down to is Dr. Strange's little group. He's got Ronin, Echo, and um, uh, he's got... A, what's it? What's the other one? Um, yes. And yes. he's got Iron Fist there hiding out in the Sanctum. And that's always been one of my favorite things was that he prote- he like cast a spell over the Sanctum that was... Protecting it from prying eyes, but everybody was like, "We know he's in there. We just don't know how to find yeah, him inside." That was like a the Harry Hulk Potter and the reference. Warbound almost. managed to get in there, like in particular, uh, Heroim is that his name? Yes, yes, yeah. He could sense it. He could sense it. He could sense it, and he was like, "I, I can, I can get through this." That's what. That's what I think is lacking here: the opportunity for the Warbound to go through these guys one after the other, and either get defeated or defeat somebody. And then, you know, I think the, because like I said earlier, they've already been through so much on Sakaar. Rather than they haven't fought super-powered, super-soldier, or super-people on Earth with a fully different power set than anything they've ever dealt with. And in the end of this thing, the one thing that I think makes Sakaar and Earth different is that... This this whole World War Hulk could have gone across the entire United States. It could have gone around the world. It could have wrecked everything. But it didn't. And I think that in the end, one way or another, the that the Hulk was going to lose. Because despite the fact that you've got the Avengers and the Champions and then whatever other teams you want to throw at him, there's always more of something. And what it boils down to is... His focus was just getting back at those four guys, and correct. And what what, what you, I'm, I'm coming I'm coming to a comp, to a complete bit here. Sorry, sorry, the thing, sorry. The thing being that once he defeated them, he didn't have any need to defeat the rest of the world. But the rest of the world was still there. He hadn't wrecked Nevada. He hadn't wrecked Idaho. He hadn't wrecked Canada. The the whole full force of the rest of a complete world that hadn't been rendered useless by the Spikes and by some dippy emperor, among other things, could throw its entire weight at him. But I think they would have got up and left and gone back to space to find some other place. And so what? It, what, it, what when you get down to Doctor Strange, it's all different. Because he's trying to connect with Bruce through the astral form. You can't hurt the astral form. He's trying to connect with Bruce. He's trying to connect. He's trying to connect... And then he realizes there's no way that I can do it. This, I'm going to have to take on a power that I haven't touched in decades. And this is something that goes all the way back to the earliest Doctor Strange stories this was a demon that he fought like one time. Zon. This is
1: what I wanted. This is what I, I wanted. I know, I know.
0: <clears throat> I, I, it's my opportunity to uh, touch on all of these other points.
1: No, that's. People. I wanted all of it. I, this, I wanted all of it. This is great.
0: So Doctor Strange takes... This, this is the crazy thing because I remember going and like looking for those issues after this and I ended up finding, finding out I already had them. Because it's such a one-off. It's not like Nightmare. It's not like... Uh, Dormammu, it's not like any of the villains that recur in Doctor Strange, he just, this is the guy that he defeated and he basically trapped him in a box and he had him forever. And it's just, this is the beginning of where they shelled Doctor Strange, more or less, for a while.
1: Tell me about the speech that uh, Wong gave to him before he unleashed it, before he's like, you know what I'm about to do, you gotta get out now.
0: Oh, yeah, he's like, no, Master, I mean, you just can't... It wasn't much of a speech. It was just like, no, you can't do this. You're not not thinking clearly. I mean, it's one of those desperate times, desperate measures. But he basically created a monster, or he released a worst monster to fight an existing monster. And all it did was make the Hulk worse to fight. Because this is a demon that takes over your form. And that's what's crazy. The demon existed as a gigantic brutish monster in the original books. And once it was defeated, it wasn't like he released it released this monster to go crashing around like you would have Namor do with some gigantic legged and armed whale. You know right. it was like no, he took on the power of Zom. And it was pretty impressive because even with that, he was able to punch through the Hulk. And then he was able to use the, like, the, the um, uh, studs, the spiked studs on the, like, mallets that his fists were entombed within as weapons themselves. They, like, peered off his tendrils and pierced into the Hulk. Even though the Hulk was on Earth and he wasn't being uh, dealing with the radiation of Sakar now or any of that stuff any longer, he was still capable of being hurt by this demonic power. So ultimately, this is where I'm getting... The idea is... Like, Doctor Strange, eventually, he gives up and leaves. He doesn't continue the fight. He's like, this wasn't what was supposed to happen. But he comes in, and it's like, okay, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've got to take a step back. I have done the wrong thing. He gets up and goes, and he has to, like, clean himself of this. This was a moment that lasted and lasted in my mentality, thinking about Doctor Strange, and that I go back and talk about... For a long, long time. Uh, And that's the thing. After this, Doctor Strange was like, no, I'm going to be gone for a while. He wasn't the Sorcerer Supreme anymore. There were some issues where uh, uh, Wiccan from Young Avengers was asked to keep an eye on things for a while. And then he also goes and he talks to Nico Minoru uh, of the Runaways. Because she has that wand. And, um... What's the other aspect of it? I think it was just one of those things where it was like Dr. Strange kept wanting to get out for a while and just go meditate and clear himself of this thing. Uh, Do a good crystal cleanse, whatever it took, for however long it was going to take. But things had to keep coming up that were going to draw him back in. And so then it was this whole question of like, who's in power now? Uh, Dr. Druid or um, Dr. Voodoo? Let's get back. Let's get back to to World War. I'm just World. saying, like, hey, this is a huge moment where they were like, hey, we're gonna take and we're gonna box him and put him away for a while.
1: Well, well,
0: I, I feel like they have
1: to do that with Strange every now and then because he's yep. not he's not something as palpable as Spider Man or Iron Man or Batman. Like, you got to put him away for a while, and then when you bring him back, it's epic. And then they like they they, they he's got a lot longer shelf life than Moon Knight or um <laughs> uh but they they definitely do have to do that every now not and then her, How really? did how did how did uh how how did Doctor Strange get defeated and captured?
0: I don't think he got I don't I'm not going to say that I recall him actually being captured. It, he he basically defeated himself. He beat down the Hulk so hard and then he got to the point where he was like I can't I can't do this anymore. What what he did led to all of those uh, civilian Hulk supporters getting crushed and killed. Correct. And then he was like, oh, I've done the wrong thing. And he's, he's like, I'm out.
1: Okay, so we've got Doctor Strange down. We've got Reed Richards down after the attack on uh, the... Tony uh, Stark's next. Tony Stark is next. And um, so during this time, we've got Amadeus Cho uh, hustling around. Uh, we've got... Uh, she hulk doing her mm-hmm. best as well we've got the x-men fighting hulk at the same week that always bothered me um because they had to do the, <laughs> they had to, they had to do the essential wolverine like you know him and him and them fighting like okay we get it like it's just it it happened the first time just leave it alone uh unless we're talking about ultimates but that's different and we can't go off Oh of that. my God. I <laughs> yeah, know. Unless we're talking about, Ulti- unless we're talking about Ultimus, Ultimate
0: Wolverine versus Ultimate <laughs> Hulk was legendary. Yeah, legendary.
1: Um, so we, but at the same time, the Hulk <clears throat> is destroying Madison square garden. Uh, it will not destroying it. He's remodeling it in his own fashion. <laughs> a, into a, uh, gladiatory, uh, gladiatorial, gladiatorial. Yeah. Uh,
0: Gladiatorial I think it is: Gladiatorial I, be, I could be wrong.
1: We're smart, we know what we're talking about. For, <laughs> roast us later uh, to to have him all fight to the death and go through what he went through, and that was so powerful to me that's like that's where the story picked up to me because like, we see we see the um, everyone that came from Sakar with him slowly losing. And losing kind of faith and just hoping the Hulk will take care of it. And we've got this fight. And uh, Reed, we've got Iron Man. And Iron Man's communicating uh, through a broken helmet to the current leader of S.H.I.E.L.D., the the, the cool dude with the red mustache. I always forget his name. Oh,
0: Gabe is... is, Oh, are you talking about Dum Dum Dugan? Yeah. I didn't see him in there at all. I thought he was talking to Gabe the whole time.
1: I thought that, well, I thought the old redhead guy was the dude from Captain America that, uh, Neil McDonough, the, the, the one that was like, uh, was like in he Japanese is like, I'm from New okay, Jersey. Yeah, no, you're
0: talking about the right guy, but yeah. I don't remember seeing him at he, all. He I wasn't be completely wrong. Though.
1: That's no, 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 you're not wrong. You just didn't read the invincible Iron Man uh. They were not infamous. Oh, like, okay. Like,
0: I'm sorry. It, I get
1: what you're saying. The, like I can't remember the right name. It, was, it wasn't Invincible. Might have been Invincible. The, the page is Iron Man. That's what's going on. Yeah, it was uh, the crossover issue. Tony, yeah. Tony Stark. Tony yeah. Stark is communicating the best he can through his Extremist armor, and while well, uh, Dugan is is that's his name, right? Dugan.
0: Yeah, Dum Dum Dugan. Mm-hmm.
1: He, he's in Tony's office because he's now the effective leader of Shield, and he's like, "God damn it, where are you?" And all of a sudden. Uh, some uh, Stark Tech, the 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 one helmet in there is like, can you hear me? Like, is that you? And um, we we've got that going on, and it, it, we we've got Shield mobilizing. Uh, they they've got the problem with the uh, satellites not working because they're constantly being being completely taken over. Like, and they have to fight. And. Mm-hmm they're doing their best not to hurt hurt each other but like they're being mind controlled to actually through the 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 disk they they're they're put the the same like what what did you call them earlier i always forget what they're called
0: oh i have if you hadn't asked, if you hadn't asked yeah. me i would have got it um, yeah the,
1: those those discs that if you're watching ragnarok like they're you shocked the control you know? disc yeah. and and uh They're they're able to overcome him enough to knock each other out as much as they can and not fight. And then that's when Tony takes over. They mobilize the satellites. And at that moment is when Hulk is coming to that epiphany. Epiphany? Epiphany. That... (laughs) It's getting late. (laughs) It's getting late, yeah. It's getting late. That he really shouldn't be doing this. And this is wrong. And... They drain the power out of him, and they're like—I mean, we—we—we we, we want to mention some good knockdown dragouts with uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Still not scared of the Hulk. Never been. And that was
0: so weird. You're, yeah, you bring that up. After all of these superheroes have got their asses handed to them, we spend an entire issue on Thunderbolt Ross. Shooting rockets from helicopters and tanks <laughs> at the guy, Didn't and care. I'm just like, "How do you think that's gonna help?" It, like, he... that, ne- that was incredible that that's what the, where they went with it. I I agree, and like it's funny
1: how it boils down to like you should have stayed away from my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should have stayed away from my daughter and ruined and ruin my awesome gamma experiment that you were in charge of that I should be still be well, in charge of.
0: It's uh, it's one of those odd things because preceding this, you get into the business of, uh, like I said, that issue 100, and they're talking about Thunderbolt being um, a little bit more sympathetic towards the Hulk because he understands where he's coming from. And I'm like, how many issues did it take before he went from being such a rampaging a-hole to slightly r- appreciating what Banner was able to do and that well, kind of stuff.
1: Well, that's, that's a good question, and I can answer that. The reason why is because he was uh, in cahoots with the leader in MODOK at the time that had secretly taken over the satellites that were going to drain the Gamma out of, out of uh, the Hulk oh,
0: and, right. and
1: use that same to pump it into him to turn him into the Red Hulk.
0: Oh, jeez. Okay, <laughs> wow. Gotcha.
1: That was that was the effective origin of the Red Hulk, was when he had, see, like, well, you don't find that out until like a year, maybe two years later, that that's how it happened. Because they, they show the flashback after Banner's laying there all drained and everyone is like, thank God it's over, was that he knew that they had collectively siphoned everything he needed to put it into him. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, that's where Red Hulk started was because he was gonna, uh, Red Hulk started, uh, Hulk number one and he shows up in Russia, beats the abomination to like an inch of his life, like crushes his skull and then has this super like 800 caliber gun that shield has (laughs) and, and, and just blasts him and, and, and murders Emil Blonsky. And, um. God, got it just can't go into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's can't a lot. can't go into that. But my my beef with it is that they they ruined the brotherhood that they had. Like I mean, we we, we see that we we eventually find out that Meek was the one that uh, rigged the oh, the, the warp drive to to go off. And
0: I'm not sure that that's the case. I don't think he rigged it. I think that he realized that they were loading the warp drive in there. And he didn't stop it by he's guilty because of by omission.
1: No, double checked it. He did it on purpose. Really, (laughs) Did it on purpose. Did it on purpose. Double checked it. He did it on purpose. And that was... We, we saw the death of Meek uh, as this insignificant death because it just happens so easily when we find that realization. But that's what he did. He saw those kids playing and he took his chance because he was so pissed off that after all of they've gone through, that, I mean, I mean they, they're brothers. I mean, like they're bound more by blood than anything <clears throat> in, in, on a higher level. On a mystic level, and Hulk wants to make peace with these assholes that are responsible for the the annihilation of or the initial annihilation. He thought before we saw that there were some people that escaped uh, decimation of of his of his species, and mm-hmm. it was meek. And then and then now, I, like I. I like I just wish that Korg would have squished him even harder in in Ragnarok because like oh he uh, he's dead oh wait he's alive <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah it's hard not to find that entire sequence in the movie cute it was uh, because meek I didn't see him do anything and then even in, when you see him mm. in Endgame uh, during the portal scene. He's just like brandishing his knives, and you're like, oh, there's Meek, whatever.
1: He reminded me of a brick from Anchorman when he's just like in the uh, Anchorman (laughs) battle where he's just screaming, holding a a grenade, just not doing anything. (laughs) And and just pulls out another gun, like uh, just throws a trident, like, okay, he killed one guy, okay. Uh, (laughs) I believe
0: you killed one man with a trident.
1: (laughs) Yeah, uh, you need to lay low. (laughs) You need to lay. That's a gun from the future. (laughs) Uh,. (laughs) <laughs> meek, meek, God, like, oh, he's not even worth talking about anymore, but how do you feel after rereading everything, after everything you know about, uh, about Banner, everything I've, I've loaded into you after force, <laughs> I've been cramming Immortal Hulk on you, man. <laughs> like, uh, and, and I really appreciate it because like, before I met you in, I, I had no interest in Adam Warlock, no interest in Doctor Strange. <laughs> Or, or even Star Trek. And you, you pushed it and pushed it on me. And I, I, I feel like I've been pushing Hulk and uh, the best I could do with X Men on you.
0: There's <laughs> no reason not to read The Hulk. X Men just needs to be good for me to read it. And um, I don't know. I just never. Appre- I, I'm not appreciative of their, their lackluster consistency. But. Well, uh, how what, do you what, what feel about The Hulk? How do you feel about. The Hulk business here. This is, this is a great story. This is, you know, a few years ago, one of our good buddies posted on Facebook, you know, hey, what do you guys think about Legendary Runs? Is it possible anymore? And I was like, dude, what are you talking about? Yes, Bendisman leave Daredevil. Uh, You know. um,
1: I think that conversation was the genesis of uh, Minefields.
0: Yeah. I mean, Grant Morrison X-Men. I mean, new X. I mean, this is, this is it. Like right here, we're reading it all the time. Like, it's really great to be reading something and be like, holy crap, this is it right now. This is like, when I, when I play, I used to play this video game called, uh, conflict and you would, uh, you would, um, have, you were the premier of Israel and, Every time you went on to the next month, you saw headlines. And it would give you an, an idea of what's going on in the surrounding countries and whatever. And um, one of my favorite headlines was, like, you've messed with a bunch of stuff and maybe you collapsed governments or you defeated <laughs> them in wars. That's but awesome. one of the headlines would be, like, Libya now claims the sword of Islam. Or, you know, Jordan now claims the sword of Islam or something. And I was like, "Ha." Huh what a fascinating concept it was this it wasn't a real item it was the item it was this it was a it was a metaphor like when leonardo the ninja turtle was looking for the mantle of leadership correct and it's not or like when bruce leroy (laughs) shown in the last dragon was looking for the master (laughs) bruce leroy (laughs) You know, it's not it, it's it's a metaphor for something, and I th- and it's amazing when you're reading the title that is like this might not be the flagship book of Marvel comics, but you're like this is it, like this is what's going on right now, and this is killer, and like everybody kind of has to agree. Go back and check this out you're only missing like three issues can you get them okay you can read mine but you can't do it on your lunch break because i know yeah. you're gonna get teriyaki yeah. sauce on it or yeah whatever. that, that not... reminds me i gotta get
1: my uh house of uh house of x and powers of x one through three back from my buddy josh <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it's all you joshes out there yeah uh yeah man i mean it's awesome when something it's like this is it right here like I've had this mentality for a while because I felt like, okay, Star Trek is not so good these days, and Star Wars has not been so good. Marvel is where it's at. Marvel has the sword of fandom right now. And it's because, I mean, the movies are so good and whatever. It's, you know, I'm DC, I could give a rip. I'm really uh looking forward to this new Wonder Woman movie. I haven't even seen the first one.
1: Can't, like, I fell asleep through it twice.
0: <laughs> I I anger people endlessly by telling them I've tried to watch Mandalorian and, and I've fallen asleep twice. It's what I said. I ca- I can't really give it its due when I'm tired. Nah, it's know? okay.
1: It's okay. But even then, like I I, I, <clears throat> I I like your end game on this one and it I think it hammers it home. We yeah, talked yeah. we talked about it earlier. And to bring it in perspective with you specifically was when I call you and I'm like, Hey, uh, I'm at speeding bullet and I'm halfway through this comic called saga number one. And, uh, it's awesome. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you're you like, know. you're like, okay. And I'm like, listen, there's a bunch here. I'm going to get one for you and one for me. You're like, okay. And, uh, and then, and then that takes off. And then, and then you got that, like, like, the when you're someone that devours this sort of content and wants the best, but you also have that collector aspect that's still left over from the nineties that like you want the hottest one um <laughs> yes. you want the hottest one, and that happens with image all the time uh not with Marvel it happens with image all the time, but a lot of times these comics in image kind of peter out um like with morning glories uh morning sure. glories was like that, and it totally petered out chew not so much, <laughs> the complete opposite. But then yeah. you're like, oh, "I don't care about the Hulk. I haven't read Hulk in 5 years." And then like you hear everyone talking about it, and you're like, "What's going on?" and you find out about something coming called World War Hulk and like you got to read Planet Hulk first, and you can't get Planet Hulk number 1 unless you buy third printing and like only bitches buy third printings and they are they, <laughs> they, they 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 either buy it by accident uh thinking it's <laughs> the, the the first print or that's the best they got because the graphic novel hasn't come out yet and uh or they haven't released it digitally yet now that that's happening and uh or, or you find out about like I said earlier um with uh old man Logan or um uh anything going Ice Cream Man's Hot right now. Um it's y- you gotta pay attention. Like you gotta judge the book by its cover, but give it a gander I mean, obviously, uh, you, you can't read the comics in the store, but give it a give it a chance, and goddamn, you'll find something that'll like, like the 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 literature in this sort of story with especially specifically Planet Hulk. Uh, like, I hope in like a thousand years that someone finds like someone's safe deposit box with all of the Planet Hulk books. Translates it and thinks it's our actual mythology, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's it's that good because the the values are there: brotherhood, sacrifice, betrayal, revenge, uh, uh, coming around after being defeated. Like, like it's all there, and yeah. just just give it a chance. And uh, we're gonna have a lot more Hulk stuff to talk about because I'm just obsessed with it. We'll we'll, we'll scatter about. The next like five six months because <laughs> I got so many like I was like I gotta get my notes and I pull up my notes and I was like wait a minute all these notes are about immortal Hulk. God damn it <laughs> like, <laughs> I really hope I can remember everything from what I read last week and um this has been just a pleasure and I really hope and uh the 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 best part about this is that you don't have to go and buy these go and spend the either the ten bucks because you already did the, your first week of uh, marvel uh, unlimited uh, and uh, get spend the 10 bucks to read all of this and or fuck it make a new email <laughs> use your other debit card to to read them for free for the week um you're I'm trapped. gonna
0: say if you can get a hold of your retailer and be like, and just hey, you got a that's, copy of this? That's even Herb better. Pick up for real. That's a even better. Copy.
1: That's even better, and I'm so glad you corrected me on that. But it's late.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we should all. I mean, honestly, I want you all to understand something. We are definitely reading digital stuff right now because that's where we are. Uh, I definitely have a copy of planet hulk at my mom's place i've got scattered copies of there i've got
1: scattered copies of it man and it's just like just
0: one of those things i should have grabbed that when i was there a couple of weeks ago uh but yeah i mean social distancing you don't want to take some bug with me to my 74 year old mom's house you know yeah and and and
1: i'm i'm perplexed it's it's like it's like when you're dating someone that, like, you're like, eh, I guess I like you. And then you're like, you know what, I'm done with you. And, like, you break up and you're like, I miss you so much. <laughs> That's all I can think about. And now the comic shops are closed. And I've read probably, I want to say I've probably read probably 200 comic books in the past two weeks. Uh, off of uh, the DC and the Marvel uh, apps. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, just just devouring uh storylines as fast as i can because i just i want something to disguise the walls i'm trapped in at the moment and i just want new stuff and i mean hell we and we, yet and yet
0: and yet make a call make a call and go buy those things physically people
1: hey i did man i spent like uh, 200 bucks yeah. over at the uh iron lion the other day uh got some uh i got some uh, comics. I got some, uh Uh, boxes uh, for some, uh, because I've got those nice, uh, those flip boxes that are like faux leather, all the red, green, gold, black for my magic cards and bought a whole booster set. And uh, they told me that they were, uh, and I saw it posted, not only that, but I, I checked because I was concerned, but not only are they still open, but I mean, you can't go in there, but they'll, but they're going to ship it to you free of charge, flat rate if you want to pay, but they didn't charge me. And, uh, all their employees are still on staff getting paid full. Like they were still working there and doing their best to get through this. I'm sure if it goes any longer, they're going to have to do their best, but they haven't betrayed the people that love them and sell, uh, their comics, toys, magic, Power Ranger toys. I mean, they got everything in there. You can get CGC graded yeah. stuff there. I mean, it, it's it's amazing, and I told them I told them flat out, this is true. You're the only place in Colorado I'll ever buy my comics from again. Period, because you care about your staff that much. And when I called to make my order, they were like, "Oh no, it's no charge." And I was like, "Listen, I'm, I'm quote unquote essential. I've mm-hmm. got." I've got a couple extra bucks. He's like, I can't just charge you. You're already paid. Like you already paid. Um, and I'm not, I'm not doing the bad Christian thing where I'm telling you about something good. I did. I'm just saying I was in a good spot to pay the, just charge me for a fucking sticker. And he's like, well, he put me, he put me on hold and he's like, well, the shipping's actually $8. I was like, charge me $8 for a sticker. Just make sure that damn stickers in the box. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he was like, I appreciate you, man. I'm like, no, I appreciate you. And then um, it's it's not – I know people are doing this right now, and we're not doing that out of like some social justice thing right now. But like immediately after that transaction, I'm uh, I'm friends with the owners. Um, Andy and Shelby, bless you guys, uh, messaged you both on Facebook and said not only was the guy that answered the phone call – at your store, when you told me to call, to make my order, the nicest, gentleman, he went above and beyond, went and looked for some random shit I needed, he found almost everything I wanted, asked, like, hey, I can get, you got, I we can we can order this later when we can, uh, I can make a list, I'm like, no, don't worry about it, I'll call you guys later, and, uh, thank you for still employing these guys, and, uh, I won't shop at another comic book store in, in Colorado again. Nice.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I gotta make it back to visit my guys, uh, and that's in another town. That's a whole other trick. Um, the retailer that I've been going to for years, uh, when I haven't been going back to my old shop in in, uh, in Norman. Uh, when I when I used to work at Speeding Bullet, I've been going to Legendary Comics in Stillwater, and uh, my guy Darren, he uh, he has always been a big Hulk fan. So I hope there's some I hope there's some material here that any Hulk fan can appreciate, and and uh, I hope this worked out for everybody.
1: I do too, and uh, we we missed you. We can't wait to do some uh, new content from when the co- new comics come out, and we're confident things are gonna pan out and. We just want you to be safe, and I don't know what else to say.
0: <laughs> Everybody have a good time, and their, uh staying in. Read some stuff. Let us know what you've read. Let us know if you wanna wanna share what you've got, and uh, you know, let us know if you want us to read it so we can so you can we can say what we think if if you're interested in that. Whatever you want to do. This transmission is over.
1: (laughs) Good night. This is dangerous, guys. We're over now. Talk to you next week.